0: It's 2:48. I'm Lisa Dent. Steve Bertrand is here. Kevin Powell, Mary Vandeveld. Thank you for joining us on the phone, Representative Adam Kinzinger. How are you today?
1: Hey, good to be with you. I'm doing great. Thanks.
0: Uh, so, if you look up censure, it says less severe than expulsion. <laughs> a censure, sometimes referred to as a condemnation or denouncement, does not remove a senator from office. It's a formal statement of disapproval. However, that can this is the part I like that can have a powerful psychological effect on a member. How, how's your how's your psyche today?
1: I think my psyche's okay. And, uh, you know, when you watch uh, basically kind of crazy happen, uh, it doesn't have an impact on you. So, you know, and plus this isn't my first go at a censure. Maybe with the National <laughs> Party, but I've had a handful of censures from other folks as well. So you're kind of getting used to it at this point. Are
2: you keeping track of them, Congressman? It's Steve. <laughs> Hey, Steve. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I think in the back of my head, if you if you force me to, I could remember some <laughs> of them, but not all of them. You know, you know, it's, uh, we, we live in a moment where if you have something that doesn't agree with whatever the crazy is of the day, then you'll get censured. So I think it's losing its meaning.
2: You know, I don't think anyone was surprised that you and Liz Cheney were censured. Uh, but the description of the events of the day I, came certainly as a surprise to me and I think many others. When the RNC referred to the the, the charging of the capitalist quote-unquote, legitimate political discourse. I, I just wonder what you make of that.
1: Well, I think it's awful. And I think, you know, look, uh, De, uh, Demetra DeMonte, Richard Porter, who are Illinois' uh, RNC committeemen, voted for this resolution as well. Um, and and I think if you look at this and it says legitimate political discourse, now they're trying to walk this back. Of course they meant exactly that. They were feeding into this narrative that January 6th is overblown. It really wasn't what it was. And, uh, and and you just look at that and go, okay, so you're at no point has the January 6th committee or I or Liz Cheney uh, said that we need to investigate folks that were peacefully protesting. We recognize your right to peacefully protest. Uh, what we're saying is the violence and the attempt to overthrow the election results is the problem. Of course, the RNC knew that that was in there. And it's backfiring on them, and and they can try to walk this back all they want. But I think every Republican office holder now, whether candidate, member of Congress, or anybody down, has to answer for that. Do you believe that it was legitimate, and whose side are you on in this? It's time to pick. It seems
2: like an unforced error. I mean, I think they could have gotten what they wanted just by the, the censures, and and not use that language. Were you surprised by the language? Yeah.
1: You know, it's was I surprised? Not really, because this is kind of how it's been. And I think, you know, what I've seen is that the anger, the unforced error wasn't even necessarily in in the words that were in the resolution. It was the fact that they had to even do it in the first place. I mean, they didn't kick us out of the party. censure is just an expression of disapproval. And instead of getting together at their annual nationwide meeting and talking about what are the issues people care about, they were focused on that. And, you know, I've talked to folks, over and over that believe what Donald Trump says, which is January 6th was just people peacefully assembling. It was people being patriotic. And I think I wasn't surprised because I think that was exactly what they intended to convey. And unfortunately it passed unanimously. And that tells me that those that knew it was wrong were too scared to face Uh, you know, the brunt of the mob, which in and of itself is a problem.
0: What is the power that he wields over people in your position where maybe at a previous time they said horrible things about him, they didn't support him, but they will say anything to stay in his good graces? What is going on?
1: It's fear. You know, the most driving, basic kind of inborn human emotion that we have is fear. And if you put your identity into your job, into being a member of Congress, let's say, and that becomes who you are, and you have to hang on to that identity, and you can't imagine people that you like turning against you and, you know, kicking you out of the club and potentially losing an election or not having that job, that's the fear, and that'll motivate you to do anything. And Donald Trump, to his credit, I guess, over the last number of years, has convinced people that if you cross him, he will destroy you. And you know, you see that ones and twos, he can do that. And if everybody stood up, though, and said this is wrong,
2: uh, we would see him for what he is, which for- is an emperor with no clothes. Former Vice President Pence stood up and said he was wrong last week. Does he still have the political clout or muscle to have much of an impact in, in this uh, debate?
1: I think he can. I think he gives people an off-ramp. So, you know, folks can now, if they're asked about, I guess the fissure in the GOP or January 6th or things like that, they can say, I agree with Mike Pence. Um, You know, so that gives them a little bit of cover. Uh, And I certainly think what it's going to determine is what does Mike Pence say after this? Does he try to kind of go back to saying, oh, you know, Donald Trump and I did some great things and that's his message? Or is his message that, you know, look, we have to defend democracy and Republicans have to win by winning the ideas war and not trying to, you know, usurp the laws that exist out there. But I think it can have a, a significant impact. It just depends on how he plays it from I, here out.
2: I know Lisa wants to talk to you about Ukraine, too, but you sound a little tired. Is everything okay at home?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what happens when you have a new baby. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, thank you. I'm, I'm stoked, and he's awesome. And, you know, my wife has even significantly less sleep than me. But, yeah, it, uh, it takes a little bit of a toll, but he's
0: way cool. <laughs> Did you ever think your heart could be so filled with love?
1: You know, it's funny because people told me that would happen and I was like, "Okay, I believe it like cerebrally. But the second I I met this guy right when he was born, yep, you're just like, boom, I'm in. I like this dad thing. It took me 40, almost 44 years to get here, but I'm all in with it.
0: You never understand it until you experience it. We're speaking with Representative Adam Kinzinger, Illinois 16th District. Uh, Biden Security Advisor Sullivan says the Russian invasion could come any day now. What do you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's accurate. I think, you know, uh, Russia has a decision to make. Are they going to uh, have, you know, back down now? This is the second time there's been a massive buildup at the border. Uh, A year ago, there was another one. Uh, And if you look at at where Vladimir Putin is, he's a smart guy. He's going to take into account what his gains versus costs are. That's why it's important for us, I think, to be calling out, you know, what we know about what the Russians are doing so that they can't use the element of surprise But I do think this is legitimately a huge concern. It would be the biggest military action in Europe since World War II, massively destabilizing. But it's interesting because Vladimir Putin has done one thing. He has unified NATO, even though there's, you know, minor differences in terms of each NATO country. We we are standing together. Now you have American troops in in Poland. But I would not be in any way surprised to wake up in the morning and see Russian troops in Ukraine
0: in the morning.
1: Well, not in the morning, but in some morning, you (laughs) know, waking up. But I think potentially it could be imminent. And, you know, I know some of the dates float around are mid-February because it's uh, after the Olympics and the ground's frozen. Uh, And, you know, Russians can fight well in frozen ground. But I'm going to tell you, the Ukrainians, uh, they will not give up easily. Russia will face an insurgency, and I think the cost of them will be beyond what Putin's calculating.
0: Representative Adam Kinzinger, 16th District, Illinois, what is next for you? Everybody expected that you would run to be the governor of Illinois. Uh, We know that you are not running for re-election, and we know you have a bigger mission on your mind. Why don't you explain that?
1: Yeah, so country first. uh, So it's country1st.com. You know, the thing after January 6th I was really compelled to do is say, we have toxic tribalism in this country Uh, We are going down a really dark path, and we have to fight that broader mission nationwide. So what I'm doing is calling out conspiracy, calling out lies, calling out the tricks used to scare you into giving people money, that abuse. And I'm trying to fix the the primary system through that and, and, and tell people that it's okay to disagree on issues and to talk to each other. We have over 100,000 members now in a year, which is incredible to me. Um, We have chapters in all 50 states, and it's going to grow exponentially this next year. We've got to fix this system, and it's going to take time. But I'm going to tell you, everybody that has fought for this country in the military, those that have fallen, we deserve to give them our best to preserve this as best we can.
0: Thank you for joining us, Representative Adam Kinzinger. Is there a presidential run in your future? Uh
1: Not at this moment, not at this moment. But, you know, i never rule anything out, but that's certainly not what I'm going for.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and congratulations on your new son.
2: Thank you. Anytime. Take care, y'all.